the Midtown Detroit studios of WDET. This is Detroit Today. It's Festivus, and we're going to celebrate this alternative holiday with the airing of grievances today. What happened in 2022 that annoyed us or really ticked us off? Who were the people or places that made us say enough? We'll hear from our guests about their pet peeves, and I'll share mine. And as always, we want to hear from you. What really rubbed you the wrong way in 2022? That's all next on Detroit Today, right after the news from NPR. Festivus. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, your host, and as always, I'm really glad you've joined us. This is a show that I look forward to all year, every year. It is usually the last live show that we do here on Detroit Today before the end of the year, and it's a really, really nice and quirky way to wrap the year up. Uh, We have had some ups and downs, of course, in 2022, and maybe a few more downs than ups. And that's the backdrop for our show, the one show each year that is completely dedicated to the things that drive us nuts. Today, of course, is Festivus, the fake holiday made famous by bumbling patriarch Frank Costanza on the wonderful 90s sitcom Seinfeld. After pummeling a fellow holiday shopper over a doll, he decided that there had to be a better way. Dear son, happy Festivus? What is Festivus? It's nothing. It's nothing. When George was growing up, his father hated all the commercial and religious aspects of Christmas, so he made up his own holiday. I realized there had to be another way. But out of that... A new holiday was born, a Festivus for the rest of us. (laughs) The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now you're going to hear about it. Got a lot of problems with you people, and now you're going to hear about it. We're going to spend the hour today airing our own grievances here and hearing from you about yours as well. What is grinding your gears this year. It could be about the news, it could be about politics, it could be about some small thing that just is absolutely driving you nuts. People driving badly, Zoom meetings gone awry, family members that make you rip your hair out. It is all fair game right here on Detroit Today. Call us at 313-577-1019 or send them to us on Twitter using the hashtag Detroit Today, and we will laugh or maybe cry about them all together. Uh, we, of course, assemble a very uh, noble panel each year to help us go through the airing of grievances here on uh, Detroit Today, and this year is no exception. Uh, joining us to air their grievances and hear yours is Candace Fortman, who is the executive director of Outlier Media. Candace, welcome to the show. It is a joy to be here, and Stephen, you should be very nervous. <laughs> I always am, because uh, I think many listeners know, Candace usually has grievances about me. So I have <laughs> been stealing myself for a week, thinking of all the things I might have done that pissed you off this year that I might hear about this morning. So I'm ready for you, Candace. <laughs> I'm glad you've been prepared. <laughs> uh, also with us is uh, Bill Nowling. He's a longtime political communication strategist here in Detroit, executive director at DP+. Plus. Uh, Bill Nowling, welcome back to Detroit Today. Thank you, Stephen, and uh, and and boy, do I have a lot of problem with you people. So you're going to hear about it today. <laughs> That's right. We're going to hear about your your list as well. Uh, it's long. And, it's long. <laughs> and in studio with us as well is Ryan Patrick Hooper, who is the host of Culture Shift, which is 
here, heard weekdays here on WDET at noon. Ryan, welcome to the studio. There is no storm that would keep me away from sharing these airwaves with you, Steve. Well, certainly this storm that never materialized shouldn't have kept you away from, from the studio this morning. That, I imagine, may be one of the things that we hear about today is all of the chicken littling that went on all week uh, about this massive storm we were supposed to get that, of course, uh, didn't quite materialize. But I always say I would rather they get us ready for a storm that doesn't happen than miss a storm that wallops us while we're kind of sitting around not paying attention. But uh, but we'll hear if anybody has problems with the weathermen soon. And again, uh, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. One zero one nine. You can also go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we can air your grievances that way. Uh, this year, I'm going to start with Bill Nowling. Uh, Bill, tell us what in the last 12 months really ground your gears. So there's there's so many that just didn't make the list this year that uh, we could probably do just a show all about me, which I would recommend for next year. Um, But let's start with Twitter. Twitter, and it's not Elon Musk. It is the people on Twitter who hate Elon Musk. (laughs) What is up with this? This This was probably Twitter. Elon Musk and the brouhaha around Twitter has actually made Twitter relevant. It was heading for the dustbin of history until somebody overpaid for it, shot their mouth off, and outraged everybody on Twitter, which is not that many people, <laughs> but they are vocal. And so I, it, that just drives me nuts every day, the people wringing their hands on Twitter about Oh, Elon Musk is so evil, and he said so many bad things. I'm like, stop posting. (laughs) Go away, right? Go away. Go to Facebook. Go to Instagram. Go somewhere else and post. Don't give him eyeballs. If you really want to stick it to the man, then go away. (laughs) But you, you know, you, you. It's like it's like the scene from you know League of Their Own where the catcher turns to the batter and and says, or to the pitcher and says, high and inside, can't lay off it, can't hit it. That's how it is with Twitter, too. (laughs) They just can't (laughs) let up. They can't go away. So so the Twitter folks, you know, just just go somewhere else. You know, the other thing, and and I don't know where to start with this, but it's Republicans and, you know, I, I think that's on a lot of people's a, list this year. <laughs> oh, I consider myself a former Republican, and I don't know if it's because I'm trying to cleanse my soul for the hereafter, or I've just had it just intellectually with people who need to line their caps with some aluminum foil. <laughs> because there are, you know, I posted on Twitter today, I said, if you want a good analysis of what has happened to the Republican Party, Google upper class Twitter of the year contest and watch the Monty Python skit about these guys. And it ends, and here's the spoiler alert, it ends with everyone shooting themselves in the head, which is exactly what has happened with the Republican Party. It's Trump's fault, but it actually was there before Trump. So that's kind of my next peeve with that. And then finally, kind of a more serious one, since I'm kind of moving into the world of academia a little bit more, You know, it is time in Michigan to have a serious conversation about how we govern our public institutions. Agreed. Specifically, specifically I'm talking about the uh, constitutional provisions of electing boards of regions, boards of governors, and boards of trustees for Michigan, Michigan State, and Wayne State University. I think we need to do away with that and put that authority back in under the governor and let the governor appoint the trustees to run these big public institutions. Because as it stands right now, they all act like they're private universities. And they're not, they're public universities. 
and they skirt public scrutiny. Their board members get in the way of administering the school in a reasonable way for the students. And in some instances, they can't even keep presidents at these you know, name universities, you know, one up the street here from me. And so I think it's time to have a serious conversation. Not that they shouldn't be public institutions. I think they should, but that they should be more publicly accountable and we need to kind of move away from this. Huh. And, and, and I'll give a, I'll give a case in point and, and Stephen, you're not going to like me for this, but <laughs> you know, the university of Michigan, almost 50% of its students come from outside of Michigan. Yeah. 40, I think and, it's like 48.5% or something. It's so close now to be. It, it's so close right now and 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 I think that the University of Michigan is one of the best universities in the nation if not the world so it's not that I hate the University of Michigan I don't um, but I do think that if you're going to be a public institution in the state of Michigan that gets taxpayer dollars you need to do a better job of making sure that your elite students from the state of Michigan have a better chance of attending that university. Yeah, no, I have And so those are discussions I think that need to come up here. And those are things that are kind of really kind of peeving me off right so, now. So I want to of course go back to first the, your 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 Twitter objection. I think that's it's fascinating what people's reactions have been to Elon Musk buying Twitter and then saying he's going to change all kinds of things and then not really changing I think nearly as much as as people are ready to to react to, but I have a peeve about uh, people on, on Twitter right now too, and it is the constant announcement of what they're going to do. Right? Everyone says, "Hey, I'm leaving Twitter, but I'm not doing it until next Friday." <laughs> I'm always like, "Well, or I'm not doing it go? until there's another alternative." Right? And I'm like, "Well, if you're leaving, just just go." And I, I don't, I you know, I've been struggling with the idea of whether to stay, whether to go, whether staying is supporting Elon Musk or whether it's you know putting pressure on him if everybody does stay to 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 manage the thing in a in a reasonable way but but it, it is it is absolutely on everybody's mind right now and people are talking uh, over and over about it. Candace, what's what's your reaction to Bill's list? Oh, Bill, first of all, I have a grievance with you this year. I have not seen you in person all year, and that hurts my heart. So we have to correct that. So that's the first grievance. So before I, we I have I list, have Howard Hughes tendencies. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. Uh, but we'll correct that. But um, yes, I mean, you know how I feel about the Twitter thing, Stephen. We talked about that on the show a couple we did. Of weeks ago. We did. And I also, listening to the both of you talk about your Twitter feeds, I realize we have very different Twitter experiences. <laughs> uh, people are not making these announcements. They're either just, like, I go to my Twitter feed and people are just gone. They're gone? They just have disappeared from the face of the earth. And it is making me so sad. And we talk, when we talked about it on the show, these are people who I've grown really attached to, even if just in a social relationship. Mm -hmm. um, and to see them just disappear uh, is really offsetting my entire experience on that platform. And so now it's making it feel like I might, it might be time for me to go. But the, and I'll move to the, the last part. I could not agree more because every time it's time for me to vote um, and I see those names on the list, I realize that that is not a power I should have because I have no idea what those folks do or what qualifications they would need to have in order to run a university as a trustee. And I absolutely should not be the person making that decision for Michigan, <laughs> Michigan State, and Wayne State institutions I didn't graduate from. <laughs> yeah, and no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think the, the, the voting for people to govern the universities is a bad idea. I'm not, I'm not in favor of the governor getting to do it unilaterally. I think that's not a great idea either because you have a lot of strange – uh, outcomes that way as well, but I think some sort of different process of of deciding that makes makes sure. all the sense in the world. Sure. Yeah. And I'm not touching that middle one. <laughs> you won't touch yeah. it. <laughs> not touching. It. <laughs> all right, Ryan, what do you think of of Bill's list? Well, with the Twitter thing, Stephen, you really touched on something which is a curse of social media: the pre-announcement, <laughs> where people like to go on social media and say big things coming. Stay tuned. <laughs> Which keep is, reading my feed. Right? Yes. Which is just one of the worst egotistical things that has ever come out of social media. For me, I can't quit Twitter. It's very addictive to me. It, the thing that is terrible about it right now, I miss when Twitter wasn't talking about Twitter. 
Yes. It's very concerned with itself right now. Yeah, that's true. Um, but it is exciting to watch it crumble a little bit and the hand ringing go on. I, I kind of like how wild, wild west it is when you had all these people imitating brands and actually affecting stock prices and, and making these companies have to come out and defend some of the terrible things like the prices of, of insulin. Um, people were really taking advantage of, of how crazy it got on Twitter. And I live for that type of chaos. So I, I, I want Twitter to keep going down whatever weird, dark path it's currently spiraling towards. Twitter becoming a, a Real Housewives franchise, not on, not on my bingo card. And I will watch all episodes, binging them. Well, and and I, I the, the one of the problems that I'm having is, and I've now tried some of the other. Uh, platforms that are that are that people are talking about as alternatives to Twitter, and I, I got to say that I mean, and then they're all you know new in in terms of being popular. Not one of them has the the breadth or range of voices and and sources of information that I've just become absolutely reliant on 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 Twitter. I mean, I, I I'm trying to spend time on some of these other platforms. Uh, just to to help you know create a new a new community there, but but I go back to Twitter all the time because that's where all of these people uh, who who I interact with and and get information from are still and, and you know well even- Stephen that's because you're that's because you're a journalist and and journalists were early adopters of Twitter and have stuck with it the longest. And I think that that's part of the reason why the broader conversation about Elon Musk and and what's going on with Twitter um, is taking hold is because there are so many uh, people who are in the business of informing other people about what's going on in the world are on Twitter compared to other, other places. I mean, like, my kids aren't on Twitter, you know, they're on Snapchat. And yeah. and and the numbers just pale in comparison when you look at who's there. But in terms of of impacting um, the kind of national or even global discussion about it, you know, Twitter's where it's at because that's where there's so many influencers and thought leaders and journalists on that site. And, and I mean, and and I rage against Twitter. Well, what's the first thing I did this morning before I got onto your show? Yeah. I went on Twitter and told everybody, <laughs> "Hey, I'm going to be on the show today." Right. <laughs> you know? so, and I, I mean, I'm a guilty of what I'm what I'm mad about. I just followed you on Twitter. <laughs> I, I saw that. <laughs> Long live Twitter. <laughs> That's right. All right. Like I said, Twitter's never been more relevant. You know, it has. I mean, I hear more about it now than, than I have in, in absolutely uh, a, a long time. All right. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get to another list of grievances. Candace Fortman is up next. Uh, if you're not a fan of mine, you're really going to want to tune into this segment because I expect to hear lots of complaints about me from her. We're also going to get to you, our listeners, on the phones and on social media. Give us a call, 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019 to tell us what your pet peeves are about 2022. You can also go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We were just talking about how popular Twitter still is. Uh, We're still using it here. Uh, You can hashtag us and we'll include you in the conversation that way. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. Listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. It is Festivus, our annual uh, observance of the fake holiday created by the character Frank Costanza on the sitcom Seinfeld in the 1990s. Uh, We have our annual airing of grievances as part of our observance of Festivus. That's what we're in the middle of. we got three great guests with us. Uh, Candace Fortman is executive director of Outlier Media. Ryan Patrick Cooper is the host of Culture Shift, which is heard weekdays at noon right here on WDET. And Bill Nowling is a longtime political communication strategist here in Detroit, executive director at uh, DP Plus, and also is now 
teaching at the University of Tennessee. I did not know that about you, Bill. Um, that's pretty. That's pretty exciting work. I, I, I'm a Renaissance man. <laughs> that's right. You are everywhere. Uh, we heard uh, Bill Nowling's list of peeves for uh, 2022, and uh, we want to turn now to another of our guests, Candace Fortman. Uh, who I've known a long time, used to work here with us at WDET, is now executive director of Outlier Media. And each year that we do our Festivus uh, celebration here, Candace has a lot of gripes about your host here on the show. So I have been stealing myself all week for what Candace is going to say today. Candace, uh, what is on your mind about uh, 2022? I'm cracking my mental nose right now. Uh, so we're going to start off strong and Stephen, you're actually connected to this one and you're not going to understand how to start with, but we're going to get there. <laughs> Lafayette Coney Island. We're going to start right at the top. The discourse that happened around the closing of Lafayette Coney Island, let me know that my fellow Detroiters are all living in delusion. <laughs> and I didn't know how much delusion until that moment. I think the amount of folks that, have, that claimed that they were never going to eat there again and that they never understood what happened in those hollowed walls at 3 a.m. was so concerning to me. But I think what is most concerning is that this is the year I found out that your colleague and friend, Orlando Bailey, does not eat Coney dogs. He doesn't. And he doesn't. And as a Detroiter, <laughs> that offends me. So even if you are a vegan, I need you to have a yearly Coney dog just to keep your Detroit card active. <laughs> and so that lets me know, Stephen, that you allowed someone on that show to sit in your hosting seat when you're away. That is not a real Detroiter. And yet somehow I've never been invited to the hosting seat. Mm. I am a true Detroiter, a ye at least a Coney dog here. <laughs> and so in 2023, you need to reconsider who you're putting there in that guest spot. You're and talking about an American Black here. Journal, the television show that I host, Yes, right? absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And so we had to get through Coney Island to get there, but the grievance was absolutely still about you. <laughs> See, so I'm not sure that this can be called my fault, but I think mm -hmm. I, I, I'm intrigued by uh, the gymnastics you've gone through here to, <laughs> to link me to this scandal that I have absolutely nothing to do with. I am a huge fan, by the way, of yeah. Lafayette Coney and and American. I mean, I I, I do Don't like. Don't start that fight. I was going to say I, I, I try not <laughs> to have that fight on this both. show. I do go to both, but I I okay, definitely go I definitely go to Lafayette more, and I I have to be honest about that. I I am uh, more loyal to that, mostly because it's the first one I ever went to uh, when I was a when I was really young, uh, and so it just is you know it just stuck with me. And you're right it, that that's part of being a Detroiter is uh, eating Coney dogs and having your favorite. Uh, Coney Place. Uh, I, I also eat at a lot of the other Coney's. And the there. owners were brothers. Of, of each Originally, one, they were brothers. Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, the, the idea that they're terribly separate, I think, has always been something of a of a con. We but, can't uh, stay away from the Coney dog. On the, this is two years in a row. Now we're talking about Coney dogs. Last year, right. I had to come out against the worship of the Coney dog. I think we can do better here in Detroit. Right. Nothing against the food itself. But we're a little obsessed about it. Now, Candace is saying you're not a Detroiter if chili doesn't run through your veins. <laughs> that's right. I, th I think that's true. Now, it's interesting that, that, that you bring up Orlando Bailey, who is the engagement director uh, at Bridge Detroit and someone I work with and know very and well. And a dear friend, yes. And a, a dear friend. Uh, you know, I, 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 don't know that, I don't know that you forfeit your Detroit card if you don't want that seems a harsh punishment and in this age of reconsidering you know the carceral state and all of these <laughs> tough punishments we hand out I think we can we can be a little more lenient on Orlando but as a person who stands firmly on cancel culture he's canceled I canceled him when he first said it and a lot of people joined uh, my fight but he's still around. And we need to do something about it. <laughs> I, I will say this. I, I will commit to at least one time in 2023 when I'm absent from hosting American Black Journal that you can absolutely sit in and, and host. That's maybe one way I can make up for my horrible I, I, I want to host, here. too. <laughs> 
Is that Bill? Bill said he wants And Bill can do it too, yes. And Bill, wait till my third one. You're going to love it. Okay. <laughs> you walked right into that one. Uh-huh. Um, and so my, my, my second um, grievance is with student loans. And not so much the, the student loans themselves, um, but that they have the discourse around student loans has the same energy as my dating life is very concerning for me. So <laughs> there are all these big promises being made on the first date, or as you would call it in this, co- in, in this conversation, the state of the union. And then they tell you that things are going to be different than they have been. Uh, you know, they're different than all the other ones and they're going to get it right. Um, and then you find yourself on another Christmas, not getting matching PJ photos, or in this case, not having canceled student debt. Um, and they keep telling you or popping back up in your life every three to six months after they've ghosted you for a while with a new conversation <laughs> about how things are going to be different. <laughs> and I can't keep going through this. I will not do it in student um, loan debt, and I will not do it in my day. Uh. <laughs> you know, I, I, I absolutely agree with you on that. I mean, the, the back and forth about this and the indecision and, and of course, the big promises are really annoying. I mean, I wish we could decide what we want to do with this and just go ahead and, and do it. But of course, what I want is is for them to, to do even more than they've agreed to do. I mean, I, I, I was really disappointed uh, by the small amount of forgiveness yeah. that, uh, that they ended up settling on. Now, we're not even sure they're going to be able to do that, but, but, but you're absolutely right. Bill, what do you think about uh, student loans? Well, it's it, it's insane. The, the the bigger issue for me on on student loans is that we do a terrible job of getting students into the programs that are appropriate for them, and so we send a whole host of kids off to four year schools that they might not either want to do or are ready to do, and they wash out and they still end up with debt. You know the number of uh, of students who don't have a degree and have debt is astronomical in my opinion i mean at least with a degree there's some chance that you're going mm-hmm. to earn more and pay it off mm-hmm. yeah ryan what do and, you think yeah go ahead bill sorry no and i <laughs> i just think that we're doing i mean let's solve that problem that that problem needs to be solved and i think we solve that problem by making the first two years of college free wherever you go. Well, the other big problem that I think this doesn't address, and I'm saying this as a parent of uh, a current college student and uh, one who is going to join the ranks next year, uh, you know, these colleges are still charging outrageous amounts of money for a college education. I mean, uh, the, the, the growth in tuition costs uh, over the last 30 years has not been um, has not been relevant to, to any other growth uh, in the economy. I mean, it is it is it grows at way more than inflation. It uh, CPI, whatever you want to, whatever measure you want to use, uh, and it's it's just unaffordable for so many people. I mean, it, it, this doesn't solve the fact that in five or ten years uh, you're going to have a whole other generation of people who probably have. Uh, the same kind of debt. So, you know, in addition to getting people matched up with the right uh, higher ed opportunity, we got to have way more pressure on these institutions uh, to not only not raise the price, but to be start up thinking about ways that it should be much lower. Um, you know, looking at some of the schools uh, that I'm going to have to try to come up with money to pay for next year that are charging 70, 80, $85,000 a year. I mean, my first house here in the city of Detroit did not cost me $85,000. Right. Uh, yeah. So so the, the idea that you would pay that for four years for a college education in 2023 is is crazy. Um, uh, Ryan, and if you, you pay, think? and I mean, if you pay $70,000 for four years of school, consider yourself lucky. Yeah, right. That's right. I mean, that's, that's, uh, uh, that's kind of the bottom uh, for some of these schools right now. Ryan, what do you mm-hmm. think about student loans? Well, when you look at the debate around what was going to be forgiven, you see how out of control and unregulated the amount of debt there was. And it created this discourse where people were saying, do you deserve that? There was this whole debate of this shouldn't be wiped out or, or I had to pay, so these people should have to pay. And it ended up being less about the issue itself and more of, again, sort of this Twitter discourse between people of this is wrong, this is right, it became another divide. 
Um, so it, it brought out the fact that we can't even accept that someone could get forgiven for this. Like they didn't deserve it, which just this really nasty human element of it. And to go with Candace's uh, dating analogy, if you're going to date Candace, please come correct. <laughs> That's, right. <laughs> That's right. You heard it here on WDET. You know, Candace, I give you a lot of credit for talking about something that personal here on Festivus and on, on the radio. I mean, that's I'm not sure I would put all that out there, but, <laughs> but good for you, man. It's a lot, Steven. She's shooting her shot. Completely comfortable. <laughs> that's right. Not, not nervous at all now. <laughs> Just taking notes. All right. I want to take a couple of phone calls before we break again, get some of our listeners uh, talking about their grievances. And again, 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. You can also go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. Uh, This is is, uh, uh, the last chance you'll have in 2022, at least on air. To, uh, to tell us about the things that are grinding your gears. Let's start with Bernadette and Old Redford. Bernadette, what's on your Hi, mind? Hi, Steven and hey. Jeff. Uh, I have, uh, a, okay, the first one is uh, leaving that toilet seat up and not refilling the ice cube tray. <laughs> That's right. Uh, ice cube tray. So your yes. grievance is just about men. You're, you're, <laughs> No, and I have a general about NPR. (laughs) Why is it that you listen to NPR, you're really getting into the story, we have 30 seconds left. Leave more time so we can hear the end of the story. (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, Bernadette, you are absolutely hitting on something that, that is a little bit of uh, a pet peeve here at uh, Detroit Today. We run out of time in conversations all the time, and then uh, people say, well, what if you had two hours of the show every day? And and I always say, well, if we had two hours, we'd fill that and then run right up against the, the, the end of the show, too, and, and always say 30 seconds. But I, it's good to hear somebody who wants more, right, <laughs> who's, who's saying, I don't get enough of – of the information that I hear on uh, on NPR, so I really appreciate the call and the grievances. Uh, let's go to Sarah in Hazel Park. Sarah, what's on your mind? Oh, hi. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Really appreciate it. I've been listening for years. I've never called in before, so thank you much. Um, very cool. I my my grievance isn't. It's not a funny one. Um, so I do. I apologize in advance, but I, I did want to call in and just and just briefly mention this. Um, I work for a, a large hospital system in Mich- Michigan. I won't mention um, where, but um, my grievance is related to a problem that's existed uh, really for many years, but doesn't get the attention it deserves. Um, and it's really increased significantly since the pandemic. Mm. And um, what it is is the um, workplace violence that healthcare workers are subjected to. Um, mm. And it's it's really it's really the overall outrage of the general public that we all know has increased over the last few years, and and people really just lashing out um, with abusive, aggressive, threatening, violent behavior um, towards healthcare workers. And so that's something that I'd like to see get more attention, and and mm. you know hopefully in the, the new year and in coming years. Um, Maybe we can find um, some resolution to that because our healthcare workers deserve a lot better than that. Sarah, that's an absolutely important issue to be to be raising, and I'm I'm glad that you uh, called after many years of listening and not uh, not calling in to participate in the conversation. Called to to inject this into this uh, conversation about uh, about grievances. You know the the, the number of things that I think have become more common and in some ways more acceptable since the pandemic in terms of people's behavior uh, mm-hmm. is really uh, is really distressing. Um, and in, in the case of what you're talking about, it's very dangerous, right? Uh, the idea that you would react violently to people whose job it is to help save lives. And, and you're right, there hadn't been as much attention on it, and it's something that uh, that we all ought to be a little more focused on. Go ahead, yeah, this notion, of civili- this notion of civility, and, you know, and it cuts both ways. I mean, 
you know, sometimes it's hard to be civil when when you've been wronged, um, and I get that. But we started talking about just the craziness of social media, and I think that this kind of has played into this. We've we've created a normal space, or we've normalized this behavior to where whoever yells the loudest and the longest gets what they want. Yeah, and I mean, so we're seeing that behavior flow over into places like healthcare, you know, where people are already upset about things because a lot of bad things and things that they don't want to have to deal with happen in that environment. Um, you know, we've lost this sense of, you know, propriety where we have to kind of say, hmm, okay, I'm not getting what I want, but I also need to kind of hold it in check because the person's just doing the best job that they can for for the situation I'm in. But we've completely lost that on the other side because we've got this kind of megaphone type society where, you know, you just scream louder and try to shout everybody down instead of listening to them. And I think they're connected. Mm, yeah. Uh, Sarah, Really appreciate the call and uh, and you pointing out that issue. Uh, before we break, I want to read uh, a social media uh, grievance. Uh, Maureen on Twitter says, My absolutely petty grievance is the number of times SH Detroit, which is my handle on Twitter, says, as always, in every broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> I do say that a lot. <laughs> so I say it all the time when I'm inviting listeners to participate in the comedy. I go, as always, we want to hear from you. <laughs> Call us at 313-577-101i. And you know, it's one of those it's one of those Radio ticks, as we would call them, right? The things that we all kind of lean on that are part of the staple way, I guess that the, that we host the show. But uh, it's funny to hear. It's funny to hear how listeners <laughs> take that in. So, Maureen, I'll say as always, I'll take that under consideration <laughs> and, <laughs> and try to say it less. It's in endearing. It's comforting. It's the right. comfort food of Stephen Henderson. That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay, we're going to take another quick break, and when we come back, we're going to hear from Ryan Patrick Hooper about his grievances, and we'll continue to hear from you guys on the phones and on social media. As always, 313-577-1019 is the number and you can go to Twitter and hashtag us and we'll include you in the conversation. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. WDET is your place for open dialogue. The music you love. Real news and in-depth analysis. And cultural experiences. The sound of Detroit. 1019 WDET is your public radio station. Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. There it is again. <laughs> Today is Festivus, our annual airing of grievances in honor of the fake holiday created by the character Frank Costanza on Seinfeld in the 1990s. We are doing our airing of grievances among our guests here on the show and, of course, hearing from you, our listeners, about the things that uh, really ticked you off about uh, 2022. You can join us on the phones at 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today and We'll work you into the conversation, uh, Candace. I, I I don't I I think I may have cut you off, and this will be one of your grievances next year. But <laughs> no, <you laughs> I what? didn't let you get I'm to your so full glad. list. <laughs> Thank you very much. I was going to say something, so I'm glad you caught yourself. You're forgiven. <laughs> do you have Do you have another grievance? I, I do, and my last one, um, like Bill's, is is serious. So, but it's important that I say it. Uh, this year, we have seen a tremendous amount of neglect, harassment, and just a general lack of care towards black women. And I think that it is happening on a daily basis um, in, in many ways, in small ways, um, to regular black women. But I think it is um, exemplified in society 
by the treatment of someone like, for instance, Megan Thee Stallion as she goes through her case um, or, or Brittany Griner. And you listen to the dialogue um, around those two women. And also, for instance, Lizzo, for instance, mm-hmm. and how she appears in the world. Um, and I think that those of us who are not the Lizzo's and Megan Thee Stallions of the world um, feel um, some of that as we walk through our daily lives. But I will say that this has been a year where for the first time I am not just disappointed in the dialogue and the treatment of black women, but I'm actually fearful for myself and for the black women in my life that I love and care for. Um, and I don't know how we begin to address it. Um, but I, I certainly hope that we begin to, because we're starting to see the violence that appears when we treat people as others. Um, and I, and I had to call it out, particularly as a black woman existing in a city where there are so many, um, black women around yeah. who are su- suffering the consequences of, um, this sort of societal shift in how we view, um, women, of course, but black women in particular. Mm-hmm. I, I would add another prominent name to that list, and, and I, I was uh, fascinated and horrified at the same time uh, seeing how she was treated this year. Stacey Abrams, who Absolutely. ran uh, for governor in in Georgia. I mean, and this is somebody whose work is absolutely uh, critical to That's the right. change in the way people think about voting and the way people are voting, especially in the state of Georgia, but but really has made herself an international symbol of in- inclusion and openness and, and democracy. And to, to read the things that people were saying about mm-hmm. her in that contest, which was just a political contest. Look, mm-hmm. she wanted to be the governor and so did uh, the, the, the current governor, Brian Kemp. Uh, but but it became about her blackness. It became about her weight or the, right. uh, the, the the color of her skin or her hair. I mean, all of these things that that a didn't belong in in the 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 discourse, the political discourse. But but wouldn't have been there if she were not a. That's right. A, well, I a think we're woman. you know, and I think we're seeing that double bind. Uh, much more prevalent now. I mean, it's always been there, uh, but now we're seeing it played out. Whether or not somebody can win a statewide race in a in a in a red state, um, I mean, and and the at least the the two candidates running for governor were intelligent compared to what <laughs> one of them was in the Senate race. You know, so it was so that you know you had clear partisan differences mm-hmm. to to go on and to use that as some kind of some kind of testimony to you know what she's become or what she's done i mean you know if she did nothing else in her life but bring to life the inequities going on in georgia that would be quite an accomplishment yeah, i think right. and, and 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 we've just kind of we 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 forget that there is this double bind out there and you know i mean as a white male i i don't see it i don't have to live it and uh, so I get to see it through the eyes of my friends, and I agree with you, Candace. I think that we've seen an unprecedented attack on on, on women, especially women of color, uh, as as we talk about other issues and more people of color coming into positions of leadership. And I, you know, I, I it, it gets it gets glossed over, and nobody asks those questions of white males for sure, and certainly not white women. And, uh, and we have to ask that question: Why? We have to shine a light on it. Why so is it? You. Why is it being tolerated? I think is the yeah. is the real question. Okay, uh, Ryan Patrick Cooper, you've been very patient this hour, <laughs> waiting to share your list of grievances with uh, us and with the listeners. Uh, what's on your mind? I think we started to touch on it a little bit with with civility and, and some of the things that have been really aggravated by the pandemic. And I would bring it to something we talk about on Culture Shift all the time, which is the service industry. I think this has really become a front line <laughs> where people are really unhinged Uh they already had trouble tipping appropriately they already had trouble treating people in the service industry with with respect coming out of the pandemic it is so bad the snapping of the fingers the demanding diners the people that refuse to tip 
which we really have to talk about the fact that it needs to be more like 25%, 30% mandatory. Mm-hmm. And if you can't afford that, you need to factor that into your bill. And if you can't afford that 30%, you can't go out and dine out. And I think because we were locked down and because uh, our wages aren't what they should be and because there is a lot of stress in everybody's lives, the punching bags end up being the people pouring your coffee, the people serving you at a restaurant. And I think we have to step up. If you have someone in your life that is disrespectful to servers or bartenders, you need to cut them off. You need to stick up for these people and finally say something because I I don't know what happened, but it is just so much worse and so much more noticeable how people think they can behave in these public settings. Again, you know, Mm -hmm. screaming the loudest and longest. And it just feels like such a trying to extend a sense of authority over people because I think people right now don't feel like they have any authority in a lot of different ways. And that also comes back to what people are comfortable saying to other people, uh, specifically me. The amount of people that come up to me to tell me who I look like to them, mainly saying I look like Jack Black. And in one situation, I was at uh, having a very, one of the best experiences of my life at a jazz club. I had the best seat in the house, incredible service. The waiter comes up to me and says, can I tell you who you look like? And I said, is it Jack Black? And she says, yeah, but a thrift store, Jack Black. <laughs> and, and just, you know, the, the ability for people to be like, I'm going to go up to this stranger <laughs> and, insult tell, them. and insult that, them. That has to be a, quite an accomplishment for her to Ryan, make that distinction. A thrift I am so store. sad she beat me to that one liner. <laughs> when we all know I am clearly an upscale resale, Jack You're Black. The Oh, scale resale. That's good. So, you know, I I think people need to really check their behavior, treat people truly with respect. If you can't afford to tip, you can't afford to go out, period. And please quit coming up to me and telling me I look like Jack (laughs) Black. I'm already very aware of that. (laughs) But, But the question is, is that something you're proud of or something you're ashamed of <laughs> well uh i think i would trade careers with him. he's one of the I was most say, he's a beloved I actor i love him as an actor I, you know I th- i'm sure people mean it in a polite way i just think it gets to it, especially if you're going <laughs> to toss the thrift store aspect onto it uh <laughs> you know that stuff coming into thrift stores ain't clean yeah no. <laughs> that's really true. i mean ryan someone once told me that i look like jenny jackson so people can't see well don't be worried about what people can see they don't see well and people think of course all black people look alike right so, so they tell us that we look like all kinds of people that we Absolutely. don't look like at all yes <laughs> is that is that your whole list right <laughs> Your whole list is, is people calling you Jack Black. <laughs> Treat me better. Treat your servers better. Uh, and just get it together. I don't. I don't know what. I think people. I, the, my my fourth my fourth pet peeve. And I was gonna I was gonna shy away from it. But as always, it is about how this always comes down to being about Ryan. Yeah. No matter where we go with this, it comes down to being about Ryan. Poor Ryan. <laughs> yeah, He's, treat me with more respect, yeah, treat please. Him, <laughs> treat him better, and he won't. He won't have these kinds of. Uh, yeah, have these You know of the number of people that confuse me with a well-known actor or actress. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. It never uh, happens to I, you. I, I need to find my own <laughs> sense of gratitude. That's right. All right. I want to get a couple more listeners in here before we have to end. Let's go to Mark in Plymouth. Mark, what's on your mind? Are you there, Mark? Uh, Mark, got to pay attention. Uh, let's go to Vince in Royal Oak. Vince. <laughs> Hi. Hey. Uh, thanks for taking my call. And, you know, I have a similar thing with Ryan. I wasn't going to say this, but I get told all the time that I look like Danny DeVito. And first of all, I'm taller than him. (laughs) But anyway, my real pet peeve that I was calling in about is customer satisfaction surveys. I'm so dissatisfied with customer satisfaction surveys. can't even buy a pack of gum. 
without then coming home and getting a 120-question survey about how they did. <laughs> I like that one, Vince. I, I, am, I am fed please, up with Please that don't thing. forget to fill out the uh, survey at the end of this call. <laughs> That's right. At the end of the show, there will be a short survey about uh, Detroit Today and, and its host and how much he says, as always. Let's, as go, always. <laughs> let's go last to John on the east side. John, welcome to the show. On a serious note, I want to thank both you and Ryan and the gang at Culture Shift. You, you provide such a, a great service to the city, and I've actually started reading again since you uh, had the book club in the summertime. Oh, and wow. I'd like to get back to that and then get the, the neighborhoods involved. So Yeah, but, we're going to do it again gr- this year, for sure. So my grievances are greed and and putting these idiots with all this money up on a pedestal like that there's something to aspire to and secondly is just the the bad investments we make from from the powerball and these these uh, online gaming things and Mm -hmm. it it makes the news and you know when we voted in the michigan state lottery was not supposed to be part of the news program that's why they (laughs) used to have a separate program used to be different But, but we make bad investments we're making bad investments in ukraine it's just appalling. Uh, we we need to invest in people yeah. and, and stop John, all these. Yeah, and John, I I really I really love uh, I really love that list of things we ought to stop doing and think uh, rethink and think better about. Okay, uh, Candace Fortman, Bill Nowling, Ryan Patrick Hooper, always great to have you here for our annual airing of grievances. I'll see y'all next year, and I'll try to behave better so that uh, I'm not the subject of so many people's pet peeves. Thanks for being As here. As always, happy Festivus. Thank you, Steven. Thanks, Yes, And to uh, all of our listeners, I will be off next week and we'll be playing best ofs of the year, so you'll get to catch up on some of our favorite shows. And then I will return for live shows after the holidays on January 3rd. Have a great holiday and we'll see you in 2023.